You're listening to the Don't Suffer Like Us podcast, hosted by Kimberly Fujitaki and Thea Pichel. Hi, I'm Kimberly Fujitaki. And I'm Thea Pichel. And today on Don't Suffer Like Us, we're going to talk about power dynamics or positions of power. And your position of power as a yoga teacher. And this is one of the areas that seems to be very confusing for a lot of yoga teachers. They don't see themselves in a position of power. But a lot of people come to the practice needing healing. A lot of people come to the practice sick or challenged. And some people don't, but there is a lot of people who are coming to yoga for some type of help. Mm -hmm. Or they're looking to fill some type of internal void. And there you are offering them this wonderful practice. And they look at you with reverence and appreciation. And sometimes they might even attempt to initiate something more because they see you as this compassionate, kind person. And so they want more of that time. But ultimately, you're human. And it's really easy to be the greatest human on earth for one hour. So making sure that you recognize your power and your point of leadership so that you understand that you have this power over people who are coming to your classes, who are looking at you as an authority figure, as somebody who has a potentially healing message or a healing practice that can help them, it's really important for you to honor what you say. And it's important to have healthy boundaries and offer a safe space. And we're going to go into how this is possible, how to recognize your power, as well as to create this space for both personal growth for your students and yourself. And that we're going to do that through three things, say, do, and teach. So as you stand in front of a room of others, it's important to know you have power in your words. What you say matters to people. So discussing things that maybe are not appropriate for yoga classes is something that's really important. Knowing what is appropriate and what is in your scope of practice and sharing that effectively is also really important and our words are really powerful and people don't realize that the things you say it may be just something that's really small and seemingly insignificant to you but to others it may be really something that hits them in a way that's difficult and so being careful with your words not to the point where you're afraid to speak up or you're afraid to say what you mean but being able to back them up and be fulfilled in what it is that you're saying is really important also knowing that sometimes you have to say nothing to just hold the space and not speak there is silence in yoga Mm -hmm. and another thing is within this topic there's a common phrase that happens in a lot of yoga classes and it's for those of you who are more flexible and it's not intended i don't think as a body shaming term but it implies that we bow at the the throne of flexibility. And a lot of times people can't do things because of range of motion or injury or compression, a variety of reasons. And it really has nothing to do with their flexibility. It has to do with their personal anatomy. And by saying, for those who are more flexible, it might discourage people from taking classes because they're not good at yoga. Yeah, because it's a perceived thing that 
I have to be flexible to do yoga. Do you know how many people have told me, I can't do yoga, I'm not flexible? We have the wrong message coming out about why and what yoga is because people think that they have to be flexible to do yoga. But you don't have to be flexible to do yoga. You have to have a body, you have to have breath, you have to have the connection between the two. And it's important for us to be able to create language that brings people together instead of dividing them. Mm -hmm. Communicating effectively, using language that builds community versus destroys self-esteem. So as you use your words correctly and, and with purpose, you know, there are times where we need to just have people experiencing things themselves. Like we don't have to say anything. I've had many experiences, especially working in a birth setting and with families, where people experience a very tremendous loss. And sometimes I can't say anything to make it better. I can't say anything as a, as a teacher, as a friend, as a confidant, as a person that wants to be there to bear witness to help this person. There's nothing I could say to make it better. So there's opportunities where sometimes we can't say anything or we need to step back and notice where there could be a little bit more silence and just being with a situation and that's going to take a nuanced position as a teacher it's going to take time to know when we can say things and when we need to create space for people and some of the things that you can do from your position of power is develop community and resources for your students so as you create those those spaces where you know i teach a lot of baby and me and toddler and me and these communities are really based on helping parents reconnect to just various stages in their lives and to find community that helps them to feel less alone in their experiences. So being able to create a space where people can rely on one another and can help and ask each other questions and create resources for one another is really powerful because then they take that they take that power themselves and they're they're educated and motivated to want to continue to find resources and to be resources for others as well. And another thing to do is to act with integrity. And what does that mean to you, Kimberly? Acting with integrity means to create relationships that have with my students that have boundaries, that feel safe and that feel appropriate for our relationship together, you know. I don't think, and I feel this 100%, it is not appropriate for yoga teachers to be sleeping with their students. No, you should not have sex with your students. There is no reason you're abusing your position of power if you are having these types of intimate relationships with people who are in your classes. It's not appropriate. It's not ethical. No. And oftentimes, I've been in spaces where this is a dialogue, and it's, it's, it baffles me how this is still something that people are unsure of. And people approach it, well, what if this person is the one? And it always makes me think of those high school movies where those boys are trying to lose their virginity. Mm. Like, this is the, our senior year. If we don't have sex now, we're going to go to college as virgins and we'll be virgins for the rest of our lives. There are literally billions of people on the planet, and a good chunk of them are single. You can have sex with them as long as there's consent. There's no need for you to develop an inappropriate relationship with your students. There's something called erotic transference. 
An erotic transference is when someone has an emotional response. This happens a lot in therapy, but I also think it happens in yoga teacher yoga teaching or meditation teaching where you're holding space for people you're giving people unconditional positive regard and they're misinterpreting that as love and sexual attraction and then they might act out on that sense and the teacher might feel it in return and then responds and then an inappropriate relationship forms and so don't do that don't have sex with your students it's important to uphold you know, these ideas of really being integritous in the things that you do, you know, taking care of the space that you're in. If you believe in the eight limbs of yoga and the yamas and niyamas, like just keeping your sides of the street clean, be the people that we should be on and off the mat. And part of that is having the clarity in your purpose, in your teaching, by understanding your power dynamic, by understanding Your purpose as a teacher is to be a guide. I would say that that is understanding your role and your position as a teacher and your obligation to guide with healthy boundaries. Understanding that you're at the front of the room or maybe it's even a private setting, this person is looking to you for guidance. They're not looking to you, hopefully, for gossip. They're not looking to you for sexual gratification. They're not looking to you for a variety of other ways that the relationship can not be healthy. They're looking for someone to help guide them through whatever transition that they're going through, whether that's just doing a sun salutation or emotional or physical transition. So as you find that clarity for yourself, you also gain the confidence that you need. And we talk about confidence a lot on the podcast because it's really important. And also to d- differentiate between arrogance and confidence, right? To, to, to understand that you have you know, the confidence to be the teacher you are, but also that feedback and and reflection is important in your journey as well. Because if we just think of ourselves only, we're not manifesting this, the, the practice the way it should be. We have to know our scope. Mm-hmm. We do, and this seems to be something that people... Teachers don't have nefarious intentions overall when they're acting beyond their scope. If something has worked for us as teachers, it's okay to say, well, this has worked for me. But if someone is asking you to diagnose, don't do it. I always have references to give to people, particularly for mental health, because people will come to you and they will drop large emotional bombs in your lap. And sometimes it's even things of the desire to hurt oneself. And that is outside your scope. It doesn't matter how amazing of a teacher you are. If the person is a danger to themselves or others, they need a resource that can help them. So a question I'll ask if I get dropped this bomb of emotions or you know, self-harm is I'll say, do you have a mental health professional or a doctor that you're currently speaking to regarding your feelings? And if they say yes, I'll say, are you just telling me this because you feel like you need to share? And if they say yes, then if they're not looking for me to solve a problem, I'm behaving within my scope. If they're looking for me to solve a problem, then it's refer out. When in doubt, refer refer out. out. It's really important to understand your relationships with with your students and how how you affect them and the power dynamic that you have with 
your students and just acknowledging that and realizing that you are in a position of leadership as a teacher as a leader as someone who's guiding others and that it's very important for you to acknowledge that power and even medical professionals i've known or therapists or doctors that teach yoga when they're the teacher they are not those things and so they'll be behaving within the scope of their practice in each of those compartments and if you don't know what this your scope is or if something's out of your scope then you need teachers you need people and resources to help you to help to guide you if you're unsure of the things that are occurring in your classes or you feel off this is again talking about safety and knowing when you need help when you need to discuss what's happening in your classroom going back to our initial statement what you say matters you have to watch your conduct and you have to have healthy boundaries surrounding it it's really easy i think when you're in a helping space to want to help someone fully and completely but you need to understand your limitations and what your words mean how your conduct is perceived and when it's time to draw the line so we hope this helps you just acknowledge your power dynamic Think about it a little bit more to understand that you are in a position of power as a teacher and a guide. If you do have questions about your scope or things that may be coming up for you in your practice, you may always let us know. We're social media post away. Yep. And when in doubt, refer, refer out. <laughs> Thanks. Bye. Bye. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode of Don't Suffer Like Us. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Don't Suffer Like Us to join the conversation. For more information regarding Kimberly Fujitaki's Little Heroes Yoga teacher training, visit www.littleheroesyoga.com. If you are interested in finding out more about Yoga Nidra and guided imagery teacher training with Thea Pichel, visit www.theapichel.com. Thank you for listening.